0: Support for Talk of the Towns comes from the Maine Community Foundation, partnering with donors and nonprofits statewide to strengthen Maine communities through grants and scholarships on the web at maincf.org.
1: It's 10 o'clock exactly, and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at weru.org. Talk of the Towns with your host, Ron Beard, is up next.
0: In the 1800s, Maine was a virtual breadbasket, growing, processing, and shipping food to New England and beyond. In those days, the Grange movement championed the cause of local farmers. And then in the next hour, we're going to take up the story of the Grange in Maine. And uh, as it kind of begins the 21st century, in places like Blue Hill, the Grange has been revitalized by small farmers and rural residents seeking common ground. And I'm glad to have some folks in the studio who can talk about um, the Grange in Blue Hill, the Halcyon Grange. Um, Welcome to John Gandy. John is the Grange master at Halcyon Grange. Welcome to you, John.
2: Thank you. Good morning.
0: And Phil Retberg is a Grange member and a local farmer and uh, one of the champions of the local food ordinance that was passed um, a couple years back in Blue Hill. Welcome to you. Good morning. And John Tyler. John is helping, um, as he's a Grange member, but he's kind of charged with helping with a capital campaign for a revitalization of the kitchen in the Grange. Welcome to you, John.
3: It's good to be here.
0: Well, let's get a start, and and, um, many people will kind of recognize the Grange. They've driven um, uh, past um, buildings on rural roads all throughout the state of Maine, but they might not be familiar with what happens inside. Um, I think you had a harvest supper um, not too long ago. Um, if, if, If I were to go into that harvest supper, what would I see? Who's going to take that one? John Tyler?
3: Well, let me talk about it. At the Harvest Supper, which was the kickoff for our capital campaign, uh, we served in excess of 100 guests, probably closer to 120. We prepared food that was provided by local farmers. We had uh, We had a hanging pork. We had all the vegetables contributed by local farmers. And we served that food by volunteers from the Grange. Everyone had a wonderful time, and at the end of the dinner, we had an auction of, of items that were contributed by local businesses, and we used that uh, money from the auction to begin our effort to raise money for this capital campaign to renovate the kitchen. So local food, local people. Um, kids? Would kids have been there? Absolutely. There Uh were children serving the meal and there were children attending the meal. So there were lots of kids there. We also had a guest band coming from Ellsworth to play some Celtic music. So everyone had a wonderful time.
0: Great. And so um, the Harvest Supper was kind of an uh, extraordinary kind of thing. How often would the Grange be used in the rest of the year? John Gandhi.
2: The uh, well, the harvest supper we do every year. This was uh, kind of unique. We did different things. We had the band. We had uh, um, we roasted a pig, and and so it was a, kind of a pig roast thing as well. Um, the other big events that we do are Easter dinner on Easter Sunday and Mother's Day dinner at uh, the noon meal at twelve thirty on on both of those dates. And they're they're our biggest events of the year. That. We raise most of our operating capital uh, with them. So we normally get a turnout with, uh, oh, anywhere from 100 to 120 uh, people, depending on the weather and what else happens to be going on that day.
0: Yeah. But, well, uh, locate yeah. the Halcyon Grange for us. Where where would we find it in, in Blue Hill?
2: Well, it's on Route 15, uh, Pleasant Street in North Blue Hill, um, about a mile below the uh penobscot town line
0: hmm. and do, you know we're going to talk a little bit about the history do you have a sense of of why that location um for a grange um happened it's it's over 100 years old that was the center of farming probably. it was the center
2: of farming in that area right. it, it was in a rural area it was outside of town um there were other grange halls uh, there was one in south blue hill of course there was one in sedgwick and um, and other towns around here, but that was really the center of the farming area north of Blue Hill, from uh, uh, and not only Blue Hill but 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 Penobscot, Penobscot right. and uh, and on up. Uh, that being one of the most fertile areas, uh, I guess, in the state. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, on the life on the farm was back then, back when the Grange was started, was life on the farm. There wasn't anything else there was no uh, decent transportation to go anywhere else for any other events. Um, So in the – actually it was right after the end of the Civil War in the mid-1860s that a gentleman named Oliver Kelly, who was an employee – well, he had been a farmer and he worked for the Department of Agriculture at that time. And he was sent on a tour through the south to observe um, their farming situation not plantation type farming I think but uh, but the small farms and he was completely appalled by the conditions he found, uh, the farming practices that he found so when he got back to Washington uh, he and several people were sitting around talking about this and trying to decide what they could do about it or do to help and they came up with the idea of a fraternal organization um, Based on primarily farmers and and uh, and rural people in rural rural areas, so in 1867 they actually formed the Grange, which the official title is the Patrons of Husbandry.
0: Husbandry, it's interesting term. Where does that come from? Husbanding the land.
2: Uh, yes, the land and uh, and animals, okay. and farm animals yep. uh, is a big part of it as well.
0: So you had this this um sense that um farmers needed a a place and an occasion to have a social life. That was the beginnings of it
2: that was that was one of the uh, uh objects in the beginning and uh it very quickly developed into a political um, action organization where they got involved in uh advocating for farmers' interests uh, and and took on the railroad monopolies, the uh, grain storage monopolies, and uh, tried to get some uh, regulation of of those industries because they and banks as well uh, because they were just... Uh, uh charging exorbitantly high prices to, for the farmers to get their produce to market for storage of grain for things like that and the mar- farmers were a bunch of independent uh, folks and and had no cohesive organization where they could get together and, and stand up for their rights and, and, and their um so
0: that was just just before the Gilded age that we've referred to in history. are there some parallels going on now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we might say that we might say that uh yes uh, there probably are as far as what the granges is trying to do uh um <laughs> what the the advocating that we're doing is really trying to educate our legislators and uh, and as opposed to uh private business that may be you know, like the railroads, what the railroads hmm. had been doing, just had a free hand in, back in those days in the 1870s for acquiring land and rights of way and things like that and and setting their rates for, for produce. But what we're trying to do now is, um, you know, the government has passed laws relating to food safety issues. And that's certainly an important thing to do when you have big uh, huge agricultural organizations, meat processing, on on a huge scale, the big corporate level uh, things and and uh, chicken production, for instance, in the uh, just unbelievably bad conditions that are just ripe for. Um, uh, disease and and that type of thing, so there needs to be some regulation along those lines. There also needs to be a distinction made between that kind of farm operation and our local farmers who we know we're friends we we observe what their their processes are and uh, and, and there needs to be a, a a better understanding of the fact that some of the uh, regulations and requirements placed on big agribusiness is not appropriate and not necessary for mm. our small farmers and, in fact, will destroy our small farms mm. because it just becomes too expensive.
0: Mm. Phil, you were part of the, the uh, group of younger folks that came into the Grange. Um, what, what, what did you see when you came and what kind of led to some of the um, other folks around the area, both farmers and, and other rural residents, uh, kind of rejoining and, and getting involved?
4: Well, I think I would mention first that Flossie Howard, um, the late Flossie Howard, she passed away earlier this year, is probably single-handedly responsible for keeping the Halcyon Grange going. Mm-hmm. She was the energy behind it and and also the action behind it. And she had been after me and my wife, Heather, to join the Grange for, for the last decade.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And um, we finally did, and not really with – the thought of the idea of the Grange, but more with the, with the idea of, uh, of community and becoming more established in, in our community. What came out of that is, in, studying, in starting to study the, the history of the Grange a little bit, is that the Grange was a fantastic organization when it started. It gave a voice to 50% of the population. Because fifty percent of the population was involved in some kind of agriculture at that point, and they became a political powerhouse with eight hundred thousand members nationwide. They had a voice not only at the state level but at the federal level, and they did some. They had some great populist ideas, and um, you know we we can fast forward from the beginning of the Grange in in trying to keep corporate interests at bay and. Pretty with with good certainty, say that we've lost. Um, we we now have less than two percent of the population in North America involved in agriculture, and um, and ninety eight percent of the food that we consume is coming from corporate owned and controlled interests. And so Heather and I looked at the Grange and said, you know, if we reset the bar. And really make this a place for advocacy for um, small farms, yes, but also traditional communities as they were a hundred years ago. Um, there used to be a grange every five miles because that's that's how how you could travel in those days with a with a horse and buggy for the evening if you wanted to do something. And with the advent of our mobility, has come. A lot of loss of our community and the traditional kind of Americana that that went with it, and I think that that culture was really important um, to our sense of place and to our sense of well-being, and also all of the food was was consumed on a regional basis. The first the first grocery store that that sold almost solely food, 1946. So this is a short period of time. Before that, the food was in pantries and on farms and in small town stores. And I think there was a lot of wisdom to that system that we're missing with our with our mass production consolidation.
0: Mm-hmm. How, did, how did you get involved in, in farming and, and describe your farm?
4: Um, so my farm is a pasture-based. Livestock o- operation. Um, our our main thing is dairy. Mm. Um, so we hand milk six cows, and we sell whole milk and skim milk and cream and yogurt. And um, and then we also raise beef and hogs. Um, we do about thirty hogs a year, and we also raise some meat birds. Mm. Um, we do a lot of different stuff. Kind of try to cobble a living together. Right. Um, and and it's very much farming like it was done 100 years ago, except that we have the benefits of of some huge technological advances like portable electric fencing, water lines, electricity that, you know, we're tied to the grid all the time. Mm. And and so it does make it so that we can manage our little ecosystem that is and Farm a lot more efficiently mm. than...
0: Both uh, John and um, uh, I think... Uh, uh, Phil, you, you've t- talked about Flossie being the influence. Who else did Flossie get to kind of join the Grange, and who's, who's joined other farmers, for instance? Um, who's come into the Grange, in the Halcyon
3: Grange? Um, we've had an interest stimulated by our interest in developing a commercial kitchen by young farmers that want to finish their product. They'd like to have an incubator to be able to develop new products, and they can't afford to establish a kitchen to the standards that requires licensure in this state of Maine. Uh, as individuals, as individuals, uh-huh. yep. And would very much appreciate a communal facility where they can do that.
0: So, John, you I mean, uh, Phil, you kind of did a survey of some of those folks to ask them, well, what kinds of products would they be interested in doing? What what support would they need? Tell us a little bit about that. We did.
4: We did a survey, um, not this last fall, but the fall before that, and, and that was an initial survey to kind of see if we should go forward with this. And, and we had um, 20 people fill out the survey, and from rendering lard to separating honey, hmm. um, baking, and cookies, and so there was a lot of interest from from not only farmers, um, but also entrepreneurs that want to, on a small level, um, be able to move into the marketplace with, without you know, putting their head on the chopping block, if you will. And I, I think this community kitchen would would do a lot towards um, not only helping them out, but helping seasonal enterprises such as catering. You know, it would be. A lot, a lot more expensive to keep a commercial kitchen year round for the three months worth of catering that you can do. Mm, mm. But with this, you can move in, move out, and and it would really help people out.
0: So you had the, the original building. Um, you began to discover that there was a new need. Where did it Where did it um, kind of come together to create a commercial kitchen? How did you kind of come up with that?
3: Well, a year and a half ago, we did a feasibility study to see if this was an effort that should be pursued. We also did a formal energy evaluation, had people come in and uh, do the $500 evaluation with the blower tubes and everything else to see how expensive it would be to heat the facility if we were to add insulation, uh, replace the windows, and do that sort of thing. So with that ammunition, we began the effort to raise $150,000 to build a commercial kitchen, to winterize the building so that we could operate it 12 months a year, and in addition, put in an elevator so that uh, people can make it to the second floor. A lot of our members getting up in the years were having difficulty negotiating the stairs, and having a building that is uh, accessible to uh, people that need that additional assistance would be important. So the $150,000 includes not only the kitchen and the winterizing of the building, but also the addition of a elevator to get people to the second floor.
0: So what you in- envision in this is um, a renewed community center, a place where people come and uh,
2: they celebrate, they, they do some work. That's right. And, and what we were having to look for was a way to – to make the Grange relevant in the 21st century. Uh, the Grange was failing. It was uh, like many others that have already closed their doors. Uh, we were not too far from that. And so, you and Flossie know. Flossie saw that. Flossie <laughs> was well aware of that. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, you know, you have to realize that um, you have to change a little bit with the times and, you know, find new ways to interest people and to bring people in. Coupled with that, our old kitchen was in bad shape. The foundation was sagging. We needed to do something about it. And so the whole thing just kind of gelled, and we said, well, let's build a new kitchen, and let's take it the next step and build it to commercial standards and and have this, you know, try to generate or establish more of a community center there in North Blue Hill.
4: Great. And we're not alone in doing this. There, there are other folks that have done this. Um, There's a a grange right here in Maine, in Farmington, that is about a year into the process. And there are also granges across the country, some as far as three years after the process. And the options are limitless. Once you have this facility, you can have indoor farmer's markets um, year-round. You can have bake sales. You can have canning bees for the community. You can have educational classes to help people reconnect with, with local food and use raw ingredients. You can do catering. You can have family reunions, and you can do it all under one roof with a kitchen that you can serve right out of. Mm-hmm. And there's no facility like that
0: in this area right now. Mm-hmm. So as you as you did your feasibility study locally, but you also began to look for models from elsewhere. And we'll be talking um, with Richard Marble from Farmington um, a little later in the program. Um, what did you when you began to look at that? Um, what did other Grange members, you know, do, were they beginning to get excited about this? Um, did they bring new people in? Um, to the Grange as you began to talk about the concept?
2: It did. Uh, that concept as well, I think that was right about the time that the uh, local food ordinance uh, issue was coming up, and we um, the Grange just was a natural um, organization to support that, and which we did. We passed a unanimous resolution in support of the, the uh, local food ordinance, and so that uh, interest was uh, brought in people. And then the, this whole kitchen idea, it just all melded together all at the same time it seemed like very uh, fortuitous.
0: Right, right. And um, I understand that so far you've had some um, local contractors and, and uh, um, architects kind of helping with this, maybe um, at-cost uh, services uh, donated.
3: We John? have. A, uh, a very reputable local uh, contractor has offered uh, his services to build our community kitchen at cost with uh, very little uh, financial profit to himself. Uh, we also have a local architect uh, from the Brooksville area that has offered in-kind services so that he will uh, render these services without charge to us. And mm. that's really gotten us very far along on our capital campaign to get this project accomplished.
0: Mm. I, I don't know the answer to this question. is always dangerous. How would you share... The commercial kitchen. How would you get people signed up for um, I want it for five hours on a Thursday night? Have you thought about that? Or the, the other models that maybe we can ask um, Richard Marble how it works in Farmington, but um, have you thought about how that sharing process might look?
4: We have. And thus far, it's been um, you know, we'll probably have a person in place, a front mm-hmm. person in place, and, and there'll be a schedule yep. and there'll be rental fees, um, especially if you're doing it with a commercial product in mind. And basically, it'll be a first-come, first-served kind of thing where you can come and you can say, said every Friday I need it for eight hours, mm-hmm. and you can put your name on the list. And, and um, you know, seasonal um, adjustments and everything will have to be made. But we're, we're foreseeing that there'll be enough demand for this that we can hire someone, um, and that'll be their job to mm. make sure that it, it, smooth, it flows smoothly and that everyone um, can get the use that they need mm. out of it.
0: So um, as you did your feasibility study, you looked at other models, you probably got some ideas as to what the kitchen needs, what are the functional pieces of the kitchen. Can you give us an idea of what we'd see in five years' time when the kitchen is done, four years' time, whatever it is? If we go into the kitchen, what would we see in that new, new facility?
4: Well, I think that what we've... What The biggest things that we've gotten is what we don't want to do. Um, Bucksport tried this about five years ago, and, and they took everyone's needs into account, including highly specialized equipment, and they had a price tag of $2 million. And they don't have a community commercial kitchen. And so I think what, what we'll be concentrating on is the things that every commercial kitchen needs. You're going to need a six-burner stove. You're going to need a couple of convection ovens. You're going to need a mixer. Those are things that pretty much everyone that comes in there is going to use. And um, highly specialized equipment is just going to have to be the realm of the producer. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Freezer, um, refrigeration space? What?
4: We've been talking about not only um, freezer and refrigeration space, but storage too. Hmm. Um, hmm. So that that's something that in the future underneath um, the kitchen in the cellar space might become a viable option so that folks could actually root cellar their stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. So as you, as you um, look ahead, you've got um, kind of this um, little bit of a business model for the Grange in this particular operation. Um, will that also attract new Grange members? Are there other things that you're thinking about that will attract and kind of revitalize the Grange besides the kitchen?
3: That's our biggest desire because you really need a volume of people to run an effort like this successfully. Mm. We do have a person hired as an administrator uh, for the capital campaign, and she is very interested in potentially helping us to run the program once it's in place. She's a person that uh, uh, educates her children at home, has some time at home, and this would be an ideal opportunity for her. So she's trying out the Grange and we're trying out her during Mm. this uh, period of raising money uh, for the project. Mm-hmm. Great, and and um, the the social aspect.
0: Is, as you said you have um, a number of, of dinners that you put on, and you you raise money for the operation of the grange. Um, are there other social a- aspects of um, country life that that you're trying to revive or um, bring people together? You said you had music at the last um, thing. Do you do concerts at the at the grange? We haven't
2: yet. Uh, that's certainly a possibility. Um, a number of years ago, we did a. Uh Uh, an ice cream social for just mostly people in North Blue Hill. And uh, that was in February. I think that was Flossie's idea. She brought that together. It snowed like crazy. We thought, oh, my God, nobody's going to show up. And the w- place was packed in mm-hmm. <laughs> this uh, howling blizzard outside, and everybody had a great time. Well, it goes back to
0: Phil's n- notion of a Grange every five miles. When you have to drive 20 yeah. miles, you might think again. If you've got to go five miles to get to a, something, um, that's a different prospect. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. true. So the, um, the Grange, I mean, traditionally has, been, has focused on uh, not only the social aspect but, but leadership development. Um, educational um, programs and uh, things not only for the Grange members but for the community um, as well as community service so we we try to have some community service projects that we're interested in in um, in pursuing Um, and so all those put together uh, as well as the um the youth aspect. There is provision for a Grange youth organization. We don't have one at this time, but uh, we certainly love to see one get started. And we have several uh, members with children now that uh, that would possibly be uh, interested in doing that. Um, so, and the other thing is is an involvement in politics and encouragement for people. To realize the importance of being involved in politics, and yet we are a strictly nonpartisan organization. Right. We don't take sides, but we might have um, legislative candidates in from all parties at different times to 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 give a talk. Right. We also do things like uh, we co-sponsor uh, a farm panel discussion with Blue Hill Heritage Trust.
4: Um, and the main, and the main Farmland Trust.
2: And mm-hmm. the Main Farmland Trust, and that's an annual thing uh, right. that's usually very well attended and a uh, good program.
0: Good. Well, I'll just remind listeners that uh, they're tuned to Talk of the Towns. where our, t- our topic today is Someone's in the Kitchen, New Life at the Halcyon Grange. Um, in the studio with us, we have John Gandy, who is the Grange Master, Phil Rettberg, who is a local farmer. Um, name of your farm again? Quills End. Quills End, and uh, um, also active in this campaign. And John Tyler, who's a Grange member and and part of the capital campaign for this um, community kitchen that's that's being developed at the Halcyon Grange. Um, A little later, we'll invite your calls, Um, take a a note to write down the number, and we'll take your calls in in a little while, 1-866-625-9378. But right now, we're going to talk with Richard Marble. Richard is a Grange member in Farmington. And um, as uh, Phil mentioned earlier, um, they are just a little bit ahead in terms of, of developing their community kitchen. So welcome to you, Richard. Glad you could be with us this morning.
5: Thank
0: you. Tell us a little bit about uh, the, the Farmington Grange. Um, where would we find that in the in the town of Farmington? And what kinds of activities uh, um, might we see on a, on a, a regular basis? Well,
5: uh, we're located in uh, West Farmington, uh, in, in town Farmington and uh we've got uh winter farmers market going on right now uh we've got uh people working in the kitchen downstairs we We run out the hall uh to different organizations too uh like most branches we put on suppers uh there's something going on usually well definitely every weekend and usually three three nights a week at least
0: oh, that's great. And and uh, what kinds of people um, at this stage are are members of the Grange who are actually helping to organize all this?
5: We uh, we started a few years ago, uh, myself and the master of the Grange started having farmers meetings and uh, outside the Grange actually, and we talked to different farmers in the area, found out what they needed. And we found that uh, farm a lot of small farms are doing pretty good in the summertime when the farmers market was going on they kind of scratch them by a little bit in the winter. So we took it upon ourselves to uh, uh, start a winter farmer's market. We didn't have any insulation. We had an old furnace that had been put in, and uh, it was an old coal furnace converted. And uh, we were losing money every weekend, but we knew there was a need, so we did that. And to tell you the truth, doing things like that, the uh, uh, membership is taking care of itself.
0: <laughs> That's great. Fun. If you serve the members, they're gonna they're going to come. That's great. And so um, when did you begin to think about a community kitchen as an added service to um, local uh, people in, in, farm, in the West Farmington area?
5: Well, uh, I, we have a farm ourselves, and we knew that uh, 80% of all food sold in the United States has been processed now. So we always uh, were thinking in that line on our farm, and it seemed to work for us. We've got a commercial kitchen here. So we just kind of extended it onto the Grange, plus we found out that uh, not only did did, uh, people need a place for one of the farmers market, they needed a place to process. Mm. uh, If you can compete with big farms, a small farm can compete with a big farm quite easily. They have to either process, bring the value of what they do produce up, or they have to retail or do both.
0: So, um, what kinds of things do you produce at your farm? And then we'll ask you what is is anticipated being produced in the kitchen.
5: Well, at our farm, we uh, we uh, do a lot of what Phil does. We've got uh, beef. We've got five greenhouses. Uh, we make a thing that uh, we call a haughty, which is a uh, it's a savory turnover. I guess you call it. We make one. It's uh, oh uh, uh, spinach and feta. We make one. It's uh, uh, tomato and basil. Uh, and they're 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 cooked, uh, uh, flash frozen, packaged, and you can buy them in a freezer and pop them in a microwave, and in a two minutes you get a meal.
0: Oh, that's great, and and uh, so you've got a, a local market. Is that market expanding as well?
5: Yes, uh, we've been steadily growing, and uh, we've we've been selling at the farmers market. Uh, we sell at uh, local health food stores and a couple other places. And uh, we're expanding, actually. We're uh, about ready to uh, probably next year or the year after expand the kitchen. We've got a 24 by 24 commercial kitchen with a walk-in cooler and walk-in freezer, and we're going to be buying some more equipment so we can make them faster, and uh, uh, we're going to have
0: to expand to do that. So you seem to be suggesting, and I think uh, Phil would probably agree, that it's not only the kind of uh, the husbandry of animals and and, uh, um, produce but making something of that to add that value. That's right, exactly,
5: and it, the same goes for uh, you know all small farmers in the area, and uh, like Phil said, it's pretty tough for somebody that doesn't have a commercial kitchen to just start right off from of scratch and do it.
0: Mm. So, uh, so where are you in your commercial kitchen? I mean, the the, uh, the Grange kitchen, um, where are you in the process, and and what kinds of uh, products and and people would you envision uh, coming out of that kitchen?
5: Well, uh, right now, uh, where. We're still in the process of uh, finishing. We just got a grant to put in a, lo- uh, 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 a loading dock and a driveway. Uh, our commercial kitchen is in the basement, and it's a daylight basement on one side, so we've got a loading dock on that side now. Uh, we're putting in uh, two walking coolers right now down there. And uh, we've got the kitchen pretty well done. We've done a lot of different things. We've had building bees where people in the area have come in, and we've had uh, you know a big meal at noontime, and, and we've had 60 people show up at some of these things. And our, our basement had been uh, water damaged and it had a lot of mold and stuff, and we had to rip everything out and start from scratch, basically. And we've got everything done now. We put an edited heat exchanger in down there. Uh, we we uh, went to a local school that uh, was closing, bought the commercial kitchen in the school. Uh, I think we paid uh, two hundred dollars for it, and we got a thirty-five hundred dollar commercial dishwasher, Hobart dishwasher. There, we had somebody donate a twenty quart mixer, Hobart mixer that was broken. We had a couple members in the Grange pretty handy, and they took it apart and fixed it. Uh, that's the way the whole thing has gone. We we got a chance to uh, go up on top of the roof of that. School. They were dismantling it. It was all styrofoam on the roof, and we got enough styrofoam to uh, insulate both coolers uh,
0: off the top of that. So. Well, you sound like a farmer to me, <laughs> making do. That's right.
5: Doing
0: any way we can do it. Great. And and as you um, envision the kinds of products and the kind of uh, kind of people beginning to use the commercial kitchen at the Grange in Farmington, um, what do you imagine there?
5: Uh, I. It's going to be a, a a startup for anybody that wants to start anything. We, we envision people coming in, if they've got an idea, whether they want to – they're a farmer and they want to process, or a farmer that wants to uh, store stuff and distribute it. That's what the loading dock is. We've got somebody that wants to start doing distribution around the area. Uh, or they can bring it in, store it temporarily, take it upstairs, sell it to the farmer's market. They can sell it to somebody else that wants to use the kitchen. And once somebody gets a uh, you when know, they start in, and they're either going to fail or they're going to make it. And once they make it, and they start getting bigger, they'll probably have their own facility.
0: Mm. So it's an incubator. That's right, an incubator for for ideas and 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 people. And and um, as you think about the the uh, revitalization of um, the Grange in in uh, Farmington. Um, you mentioned serving the the people that are in the community. Are there any other aspects that have made that revitalization successful for you?
5: Uh, People, the community has really gotten behind it. We've got a, we get a TIF grant from the town. Uh, We, there's a local organization called the Santa River Charitable Trust. They gave us a grant, Uh, you know, different, different, Organizations got behind us uh we just got a grant from the main community foundation for the loading dock and the two walking coolers AvCog with the anderson county uh, uh valley uh, council of governments uh is a non-profit the grange is a non-profit but went on a 501c3 and a 501c3 has to hold the funds and uh-huh. have yep. the, hold the funds for us and and help us uh you know with that part of it, and they're not charging us any fee at all to do it, and that's just the way people are. They they want to see this happen. They want things to happen. In this
0: <laughs> direction. Well, that's great. Any any words of advice for uh, your colleagues here in in uh, Blue Hill, or perhaps other Granges who might be Grange members who might be listening to the program? Are, words of advice in terms of of the commercial kitchen aspect.
5: I think Blue Hill's got the idea. Uh, 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 Grange uh, flourished when we had a lot of. Uh, people interested in agriculture and agriculture has gone down and down in this state for years and it's starting to turn around it's the youngest average age farmer in maine in the united states now uh are the third fastest growing agricultural economy in the united states uh if other granges realize that and they start helping small farmers in the community i don't think they're going to they're going to find a need and fill it I
0: don't think they have to worry about the membership. Well, that's great. Well, uh, Richard, uh, first I'll ask if um, either um, John Gandy or uh, John Tyler have any questions for for, uh, Richard here. Um,
3: Well, we're looking forward to Richard and some members of his grange coming down. We're planning that and haven't set a date yet uh, to see what we're doing and give us further advice uh, when they come and visit our site. That's great.
0: Well, Richard, we'll let you go. Thanks so much for joining us here on Talk of the Towns this morning. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Good, good luck. Um, that was uh, Richard Marble, a Grange member in the Farmington Grange and a local farmer who's got his own commercial kitchen but uh, is is uh, supporting and working with the Farmington Grange to create a commercial kitchen in that region. Um, in the studio with us, we have uh, Phil Retberg of uh, Quills End Farm and uh, John Gandy, Grange Master at Halcyon Grange and John Tyler who's working with the Capital Campaign. He's a Grange member as well. Um, in a short time, we're going to... Um, also talk with um, folks in Le Moyne. Um, they're taking a little bit uh, different approach to revitalizing their grains, but it's kind of an interesting interesting story of, of how um, uh, p- people kind of look at a community asset like a Grange Hall and make good use of it um, you can participate as well if you've got questions for our guests give us a call at 1-866-625-9378. Um, so the uh, the folks in Farmington um, seem like a good model for w- what you're what you're doing as far as you can
3: you can figure that out. They certainly uh, are, and it's good to see that someone else has been successful in doing a project similar to what we're doing. I would call attention to members of this listening audience, if they want to find out further information about what we're doing at the Halcyon Grange, to check out our website. It's really easy to remember. If you can spell Halcyon, <laughs> it's halcyongrange.org. That's great. Thanks,
0: John. Um, Right now we're going to go to Brent Hutchins. Brent is a member of the LeMoyne Community Arts and also a Grange member, I believe. Um, And we're going to hear a little bit more about um, how LeMoyne Community Arts is making a good partnership with the Grange in LeMoyne. Welcome to you, Brent. Uh, thank you for having me. And, and am I right that you're both a member of the Grange and a member of Moyne Community Arts? That's correct. Tell us a little bit about both organizations, starting with the Grange. How long have you been a Grange member?
6: Uh, not that long. Uh, this spring I actually uh, was inducted uh, and uh-huh. uh, haven't yet done the big official ceremony, but I was officially joined. Uh-huh. and. Have been enjoying it. Uh, it's an interesting group of folks who really want to keep the Grange tradition. That <laughs> is one of their concerns. And they also uh, love the building, love the community, and uh, it, it, it's a very fun experience to be involved with the Grange.
0: And so far, um, they have uh, attracted um, some new members, but they're also, um, they've got this partnership with LeMoyne Community Arts. Describe that organization for us. Uh,
6: LeMoyne Community Arts is a group of folks that uh, got started six years ago. Uh, A a woman named Mary Henry, whose uh, husband was the pastor at the church, and She wanted to do some things for the community and saw the Grange there and and coordinated things. And we did a bunch of uh, dessert theater uh, where we were raising money for for all sorts of good things from the the roof, uh, a new roof on the Grange to to Life Flight to to some other important community things. And and it evolved into a theater group. Uh, Carol Cordy, who was A member of the Grange beforehand uh, who had been involved in theater her whole life. She's an incredible professional uh, theater whiz, uh, an amazing woman, and she saw this as an opportunity as well, and she and Mary sort of got together and things evolved, and then we became this little group called Le Moyne Community Arts, and the people in the Le Moyne area have been just incredibly supportive. And outgoing and a wonderful group of actors and and people interested in all the aspects uh, of theater and and the, the most amazing thing is, is is the community support the audience that has grown each season and 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 uh, people even planning their little fall vacations around uh, when we do our shows it's just been amazing and and uh, we're very humbled and very gratified by that.
0: So you, you, as a as an arts group, um, needed a place to both rehearse and, and put on your productions. The Grange um, was looking for ways to um, uh, add a little bit of income to support the, the building. It seemed like a great marriage. It
6: certainly is, and it was a, a, an evolution uh, more than just a, a pure uh, business relationship. But they are our landlords, so to speak, and they are very... <laughs> invested in keeping the Grange, the Grange, uh, and and this is an area where they're somewhat cautious uh, around our, uh, you know, big goings-on in all of our uh, uh, theater. Uh, it's interesting, though, because the Grange has been uh, involved with theater since the beginning. There's always a stage. There's always been community theater. Even uh, Linwood, the master of our Grange, was in the theater uh, uh, years ago at this very Grange.
0: And and it seems to me one of the places that you, as I recall the story, one of the places that you kind of came together was that folks from Lemoyne Community Arts really helped with the Grange Suppers.
6: That uh, happened as well. Carol Cordy once again was the the driving force behind that because she's a member of the Grange and uh, our fearless leader at Lemoyne Community Arts. And she helps with the turkey dinners and got us to get involved, and, and the more that that's happened, the the better it's gone. I mean, they have a wonderful turkey dinner, and it, it, they, it draws people from all around. They cook five turkeys, and, and and the local women make all kinds of pies, and people come from all over the county to come have their turkey dinners, and we're hoping to have another one this spring. There's been uh, some uh, health issues around uh, the people who do the turkey dinners so we're hoping that Lemoyne Community Arts will be able to assist them, but they're very they're not so sure that us theater people are going to be good at cooking <laughs> it's, it's going to be fun to, to see how that happens but we're hoping to find more ways to raise money for the grange too it's a it's a it's a tough issue it 's a great building and and has a lot of maintenance and uh, it it really it deserves to, to be kept up and kept going. We'd love to be able to open in the winter again.
0: Great. But well, Brent, thanks, thanks for sharing that story. I think it's a another um, great story about how a community looks at its assets and says, how can we support those assets? How can we make them um, vital? And uh, you've got a great story there. So thanks for sharing it with us. Well,
6: thank you very much for right. letting us.
0: Brent Hutchins, both a a, a Grange member and part of Lemoyne Community Arts, a great um, partnership there. Um, So I think it's your turn now. Um, Listeners, if you'd like to give us a call, perhaps comment on our conversation, Someone's in the Kitchen, New Life at Halcyon Grange, uh, give us a call at 1-866- 625-9378. I suppose that in any organization um, that's 150, 190 years old, something like that, there's there's, um, this question of bringing new People in new ideas. Um, has there been much resistance um, to the idea that you are going to have new members come in that might not be that traditional Grange member?
2: Well, there has been a little bit, um, and that's bound to happen, and it's certainly understandable. One thing that doesn't change is the way we conduct a Grange meeting, and that's uh, been established since uh, the beginning of the Grange, I guess, and the, the uh, opening of the meeting and uh You know various procedures that that you go through that are prescribed, and that that's just you know tradition based we don 't want to change that it's very uh the the ceremonies and things that we do again all centered around agriculture and lessons to be learned from agriculture and good husbandry uh, procedures applied to your own life to situations in your own life that's that's what we that's what the grange teaches people. And so everything we do in our our procedure, our, our meetings and um, little initiation ceremony that we go through with new members, that doesn't change. Uh, and speaking of that, when, when you say that to somebody, a lot of times they'll get nervous and think it's going to be oh, something difficult or um, embarrassing or whatever the case may be. And uh, I will tell you that it it is certainly is not that way at all. The To join the Grange, it's a matter of filling out an application and paying a $5 application fee. And then to be a full member, you have to go through what are called the first four degrees. Uh, by going through it, all you have to do is be present and observe and listen. And the Grange... Uh, explains the philosophy of the Grange and um, based on agricultural practices. The first degree uh, takes place in the springtime when you're thinking about preparing the fields for planting and doing the planting and um that type of thing the second degree is is the summer and then you the third degree is the harvest and the fourth degree is winter time when you put the fields to bed and you enjoy the fruits of your labor basically and it's symbolized by you know as you develop a person develops and grows into old age so it's it's just those degrees are just a means to explain the grange philosophy to new members and all you know, based on on agriculture and mm-hmm. life on the farm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very interesting. It's it's very it can be a very moving and touching uh, ceremony to observe. And so I don't want anybody to ever think about being put off because uh, because we we have degrees and, sure. and things like that. Uh, there's nothing you have to memorize. There's nothing you have to do. Is just be there and enjoy it.
0: Mm. I can see why they made you the Grange master, John. You, you've <laughs> well, explained that you. very well. Thank you, very well. And I hope that uh, uh, listeners um, who not, might not be in the in the vicinity of Blue Hill or Farmington or Lemoyne um, will seek out their own granges and kind of find out what's what's happening. Uh, certainly a, a valued um, asset. Um, this notion of membership in our society. You know, um, there was a fellow, um, uh, Butler, who wrote a book about bowling alone. I don't know if you've heard about that book, but he studied communities, and he found out that there were a lot of people who weren't joining bowling teams anymore. They were just going and bowling themselves. And so this notion of joining and being part of a community, um, we need to reinvigorate that. We need to invite people. And it sounds like that's, that's one of the things you're doing. We do have a phone call. I'm glad you're you're calling. Um, our phone number is one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. 625 9378 Go ahead with your, uh, give us your name and where you're calling from, and, and then go ahead with your question, please.
1: Yes, this is Norma from Troy. And uh, I'm calling uh, to ask uh, about the requirements for membership other than the Four Degrees, or whatever it was called. Uh-huh. And because I we've try, been trying to revitalize our Grange, the Seven Star Grange, in uh, uh, Troy, and people are put off by what we thought we read somewhere about that one had to be a, a Christian.
0: Huh. Okay. Well, we'll see if John has an answer um, uh, for that. And But stay
2: on the line. You might have another follow-up question. John? The That's a good question, and I think uh, some people have a, some misconception about that. In our um, uh, meetings, there is part of the thing is is we have a chaplain and the chaplain gives a prayer. It's it's more of a a belief in a higher being, it, uh, a belief in God. Uh, uh, the God of nature is mentioned a few times. There is no mention of Christianity per se or any other re- specific religion.
1: Okay, uh, I had I don't remember when I had thought that was true but um yes and it was helpful to have the um because i was going to ask if they had changed anything in the rituals and and, uh, things it sounds like they're they're not doing that in order to still be a, a true grange
2: um well that's true um we do try to relax uh that a little bit because we like people to come in and and see what a grange meeting is like, and hopefully um, be interested in joining. Mm-hmm. And it's you know you can't do that if you tell people well you can't come until, <laughs> until you remember. So it's catch catch well, time two things. So we 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 encourage people to come and, and right. observe a meeting. Well, I yeah, think, I think yeah, if I
1: could get the, some information, you know, the um, a copy of the form or something like that, maybe uh, I don't know. We're we're just about. Ready to give up on uh, being able
3: to? Well, let me let me direct you okay. to the halcyongrange site. That, yeah, I got that, that that I mentioned earlier because yep. on that site is a connection to the state organization, and if you go on the state, if you just link mm-hmm. to the state, they'll Great. tell you all about membership requirements and send you a form. There's okay. also a link to the National Grange, so you can find out about all the things that uh, John Gandhi has talked about. Right. Uh, the organization, which has existed for 150 years, you may mm-hmm. be interested in a lot of the history. So that's a good yeah. site to get some information. And that that's where I'd encourage you to
4: start is is with the history of the Grange because, right. like any tradition, um, we're looking at it now 150 years down the road. and right. And we may think it's a little strange or we may think mm-hmm. – It's a little Christian, um, but all of those things have reasons. There are reasons why they were implemented in the first place. And and when the Grange was fighting the railroad monopoly, um, they actually needed a level of secrecy within the Grange because the railroad monopolies would would try to send people to infiltrate them. Ah. (laughs) Remember that they were a huge, huge political force with 800,000 members. And so... So those are carryovers um, from what you know we consider yeah. a bygone age, but, but they're really important to the history of the Grange and keeping mm-hmm. that
0: thought alive. Well, Norma, we'll say don't give up, um, keep yeah. trying, and it sounds like there's, there's members here who would, would uh, t- take your questions yes. um, offline um, through the
2: website. So abs- absolutely, right. yeah, yes. we, we look forward to helping. Yeah. Thank you, Norma. I, if I could
1: have one slight more question about your grant. Um, yes, go have- ahead. Um, our church, uh, the um, Troy Union Church, is was on put on the national register. I mean, entered in for it the same day as the Grange in our town, and um, we really. Um, it sounds like uh, churches have a really hard time getting grants. Uh, we could do. We're, we're trying to get it. We have to have earn an eighty thousand dollar grant uh, match for the grant, and. Um, Anyway, I had read somewhere that what the Granges were getting USDA grants, or churches were getting USDA grants if they had feeding programs,
0: mm. or Nor- some kind of. Norman, that sounds like yeah. a, I'm looking at faces. That sounds like a question that we're not going to be able to okay. answer here. Okay, um, b- but um, keep but I'm trying. encouraged.
1: I'm encouraged that they're getting they're getting some help through the Maine Community Foundation, which is. This is the grant that
0: we're getting at the church. Right, and I think that they they yeah. um, will will assist you, um, so perhaps contacting them. I think okay. we have a couple other phone okay. calls, Thank so you. thanks very much for your call. Thank you very much. A good program. Um, we'll take another phone call. Go ahead with your question or comment, please.
1: Hi, uh, this is Rita from Canaan, and like I guess it's more of a comment and probably coming from a place of ignorance, however. Great. It kind of piggybacks on the previous comments uh, about the language. It's, doesn't it come straight out of the southern racist master-overseer concepts? I mean, isn't that what some of the language is still used? As the, and I know you're trying to keep the tradition alive, but it doesn't seem like it's
4: Well, a, I, think, I, think, I think that on on the surface, um, you know, you can take those terms, and, and now we have um, more of a cultural bias against them. The Grange actually was a very progressive organization. M- way before women's suffrage, the Grange set aside um positions specifically for women women have always had uh voting rights within the Grange um so you know to try to put um a, a segregationist or or um any kind of sexist part into the Grange wouldn't serve you well if you if you again it's all about the history and if you read the history and take yourself out of those out of your feelings on those terms, um, you'll find that the Grange was extremely open to anyone that wanted to come in its doors, unless they worked for the railroad.
1: <laughs> so, so it was open to the, uh, the the community of Negroes and
3: black. And Absolutely. Uh huh.
1: Okay. Well, good.
0: I'm, I'm glad I asked my question. Great Thank question. Thanks, Rita. Um, I right. like. I, we're about out of time, so we, we can't take that last phone call. But I want to thank all of you. List the phone number one more time, John. I mean the phone number, the uh, the website. For- the website
3: is Halcyon, and I'm going to spell it for you: H A L C Y O N G R A N G E. dot org. And not only does that have access to the state and the national grange, but also it has a connection for our Facebook page, and a connection for email so that you can send us responses that you would like that you have not had answered by this presentation.
0: Great. Thanks so much. We've come to that time when I want to remind you that this program was produced with support from Cooperative Extension and the Hancock County Extension Association. With offices in each county, Cooperative Extension is the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine. Our radio collaboration with WERU began in 1990 and continues with your support. Join us from 10 to 11 on the second and fourth Friday mornings of each month for Talk of the Towns. Our theme music is a medley from Coronac on a Balmain House Highland music recording. Thanks again to our um, guests here in the studio, John Gandy, the Grange Master, um, Phil Retberg, a Grange member and local farmer, John Tyler, member of the Capital Campaign Committee, all of the Halcyon Grange. We also talked with Richard Marble, a Grange member from Farmington, and Brent Hutchins, a member of LeMoyne Community Arts and the LeMoyne Grange. Thanks of those to those of you who listened and called in. Thanks to our great underwriters at Maine Community Foundation, Thanks to Amy Brown for engineering our program and stay tuned for On the Wing with Joel Raymond. This is Ron Beard, your host for Talk of the Towns, wishing you a good morning.
3: Support for WERU.